This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have your Bible today, if you can turn to Mark chapter 5. I'm just going to unpack uh, Scripture for a few minutes this morning, and then we're going to pray for some people. And uh, How many are excited for March break? Come on, one more time. Who's excited for March break? Yeah, some kids are clapping. Parents are like, we should be excited. Uh, that's a, a great time of year, and we're excited this week, and we have a lot of people away, and we're really hoping they have a great time, and uh, we're hoping Moncton gets snow. Um, Mark chapter 5, uh, verse 22. I'm going to start reading a few verses. A uh, story about Jesus. He was just uh, interrupted by a woman who, uh, he's about to get interrupted by a woman who needs prayer, but it starts in verse 22 of Mark chapter 5. If you don't have your Bible, you'll see it behind me on the screen. Uh, and it says this, it says, Then a leader in the local synagogue or the local church or temple, uh, whose name was Jairus, arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. And pleading fervently with him, he said, My little girl, my little daughter is dying. Uh, please come lay hands on her. Heal her so she can live. And again, when you read scripture... It's not just like reading a history book. There is emotion in this moment. This leader, this, this pastor, this leader in the synagogue, it's interesting, his job was actually to make sure that the temple was in order, that the lights were on, that, that people knew where to sit, that there was the right temperature, that there was enough uh, room, that the music was good, that all the things in the temple, his job was to make sure it was organized. He shows up, his daughter has fever, she's sick, she's in a bad place, He hears about Jesus, and he's like, I realize there's nothing that can help my situation. Doctors can't. People can't. I need, I've heard this man does miracles. He shows up with such an urgency. This morning, my son's fine, but this morning, we got up early for church, and my son just really felt really, really sick. And my wife's like, I got him. You go. I'll get there when I can. But it's amazing. Sometimes as parents, we can't even help. And in this situation, he brought him to Jesus. We we go over. Jesus gets interrupted on his way to Jairus' house, this woman who's been bleeding for a long time, and she's weak, and and she's tired, and she has this disease. She interrupts Jesus. He's delayed. He helps her. He heals her. We pick it up here in verse 35. Now he finally gets to Jairus' house. He's delayed. It says, while he was still speaking with this woman, the messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and told him, listen, Jairus, listen, your daughter daughter died. She's dead. There's There's no use in troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Look at your neighbor and say, just have faith. Kids, come on, look at your parents today and say, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd uh, and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing, and he went inside and asked, Why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him. It's amazing how they went from wailing to laughing, from weeping to mocking very quickly. Sometimes the crowd, just because you have a crowd, doesn't mean you always have people with you. It says the crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. If you have the kind of Bible you can underline, if you have a pen, I would underline those words. But he made them all leave. Leave. Then he took the girl's father and mother and three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl, who was 12 years of age, immediately stood up and walked around. 
And they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. And Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them, give her something to eat. This morning, just for the next few minutes, I want to talk on this topic. If you're writing notes, write this down, this title, Climate Change. Climate Change. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. Father, we so love that our kids and our teachers are in here this morning. Father, I thank you that you bless them. Father, they're so important part of our church. Father, I pray a blessing on our kids' teachers and our, our kids' leaders that they would just be refreshed today and enjoy today. Father, we thank you for our, our little ones that are in the junior today and those kids and those teachers. Bless them today. God, I pray for our guests today that showed up, whether they're traveling for March break or they just came to church for the first time, that they would feel your presence. And God, they know that you are good and they are in the right place today. Father, I pray these next few minutes you would just stir our hearts, that God, we'd leave here more in love with you and more like you. God, thank you for what you're doing in our church. We're so thankful, and we love you so much. And everybody said? Amen. Again, if you're a guest, we're so glad you're here. Please stop by the guest wall, and, uh, and please get a gift. Um, how many are, are excited that spring is here? Is it too soon to say spring is here? Are you a little nervous like me? Like, I don't believe in superstition, but I, I almost don't want to say it, right? Like, my mom always said, spring's right around the corner, and then it would snow. Right? But like, I feel like it's safe to say this. Can we say this now? I'm looking at the forecast. Christian's saying no of unbelief over here. But, but I'm looking at the forecast. It's two degrees, three degrees, five degrees. Yesterday in my car or the day before, it was like nine degrees. And I was literally praying, come on, double digits, come on, you know? Like, I feel like we survived spring. Am I the only one? Like, it's almost like it's a war. And we tell our stories. How'd your winter go? Well, it was a rough winter. And we get around and tell stories. Like, tell me, how you doing? Oh, I was in my driveway. There was a flash flood and then a flash freeze and I was stuck in my driveway and I was spinning my tires and it was a cold wind that day. It came from the northeast and we start telling our stories like they're war stories. Like, yeah, oh yeah, my snowblower broke. I, I lost a shear pin. I had no, no supplies and I had to shovel and the plow went by and we hunkered down. I ran out of storm chips. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> and we tell our stories. I am suffering today. This is... If you're listening by podcast, um, there's a story behind popcorn. Never eat popcorn and do announcements. This is awesome. Anything can happen at church. But when spring comes, it always feels like we deserve a prize, don't we? That prize we get is a rainy spring. That's what we get in Nova Scotia. But every spring, it's like, we made it. We made it. We made it. You know, it's interesting. Whenever the seasons change, I'm reminded that what you were once in doesn't last. There are some moments in January, can I be honest, when it's dark at like two in the afternoon, you're like, God, why have you forsaken us, you know? And then some of you go to Florida, we know who you are. We block you on social media, we don't want to see your pictures. We just had one of our team come back, I'm like, I can, I'm true, I can finally unblock your story, because I, I don't want to see the beaches, I don't want to see the palm trees, right, because we're in the middle of the war called winter, and but in January, sometimes you can forget what's coming. But then this week and last week, all of a sudden, I was like, I have hope again. I, I, I smell dirt. I actually love the smell of dirt because it means things are unthawing. I'm like, oh, finally, we're going to be back into spring. I want to encourage you this morning as I'm thinking about this and reading the story about Jesus and this girl. I want to encourage you just for the next 10 minutes today. And this is a thought you need to know that atmosphere is everything. Atmosphere is everything. The Bible talks about it, and we as Maritimers with the Annapolis Valley and, and agricultural culture, we know that seasons and seeds go together. 
I don't care how much of a green thumb you have, how great you are at planting and growing and how much of a great farmer you are. I don't know if, if you have a garden in your backyard or maybe you drive from the valley. I don't care how talented you are or how good the seed you have, you can't grow it in the wrong season. Atmosphere is everything. And you can't grow anything in Nova Scotia in January. You're like, I got these award-winning seeds and we can grow corn and apples and it's wine country and we have all this produce. You can't grow it in the wrong season. Atmosphere is absolutely everything. Not only is it important to get the right seed, but you've got to get the right season. See, Jesus understood that atmosphere was everything. In this story, the point I want to bring out today was he emptied the room. He, he got people to leave before he did a miracle. See, Jesus realized sometimes you need to change the room before you change the world. Isn't this fascinating? Jesus is God. He was God. He was doing God's work full of power, and he walked into the room where a miracle was needed, and his first thought wasn't, watch this. He's like, no, 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 atmosphere is everything. The wrong people are in this room right now. The people that are wailing in one moment, they're, they're actually in that culture, they were paid wailers. They were, they, they, they'd actually pay people to come in and grieve for long periods of time because they felt like it was healthy to grieve. And then if you needed a break, someone else would come in and relieve you and said, cry and wail. And they were professional. They weren't connected to the girl. They were actually hired. So in a moment when Jesus came in and said, she's not dead. And their job was to be around dead people all the time. They would be equivalent to funeral homes and, and, and the morgue. So they knew what death smelt like and looked like. So when he said, she's not dead, she's just asleep, they started laughing. See, they weren't hoping for a resurrection. They were hoping for a paycheck. So in that moment, Jesus understood, listen, atmosphere is absolutely everything. I am actually the seed of God. I am actually coming to be planted, to grow, to be, to, listen, I'm going to be planted and come and grow my life. And I'm actually going to raise from the dead and I'm going to do a miracle. But in this moment, in this room, the seed, nothing wrong with the seed, but the atmosphere is wrong. We need a climate change right now. I need to change the climate of this room. So he actually said, uh, you three disciples, you're with me because you got the right atmosphere. Mom and dad, I know you are believing for a miracle. You crossed over city lines and you crossed through inconvenience and you came to get me. So you got the right atmosphere and you got the right atmosphere, but the rest of you, you are dismissed. Here's your pay. Thank you very much. And he emptied the room. Sometimes you have to change the room before you change the world. I'm speaking to someone this morning. In your life, in your world, there are things God's called you to believe for, but you got to know sometimes you got to change the room before you change the world because atmosphere is everything. In Matthew 18, Jesus says this. He's like, two or more gathered in my name, I'm there. What he's saying was, if you get the right people in the right room at the right time, there can be power available to you. Jesus understood that atmosphere was everything. That's why at church, at Nova Church, that's why we believe atmosphere is everything. That's why we sing the songs we sing. Some of you, maybe you're new to church and you think it's more like karaoke going, okay, this is the part of the concert. No, no, we're actually setting an atmosphere. When we sing he's a good, good father, because a lot of people had a really bad, bad father. And when we say Father God, you have a bad feeling about that. But we want to tell you what kind of father he is. We talk about he's the king of my heart. He's the king of my life. We talk about there's no other name. Why? We're setting an atmosphere knowing that atmosphere is everything. And in this place, the atmosphere can change the miracle you need in your life. But sometimes you've got to change room. That's why we preach what we preach. That's why we preach the Bible, because we believe the word of God changes the atmosphere. The Bible says that this word, when you read it in your life, it can't come back empty. When you read this, it's more than a novel. 
It's more than poetry. It's more than a history book. It's all those things. But it's actually the living word of God. <clears throat> and when you read this, something starts to happen. You can't read this and not have something happening on the inside of you. Faith starts to rise. That's why we preach, <clears throat> excuse me, from the word of God. Because we believe atmosphere is Atmosphere is everything. That's why we set the atmosphere like we do. I want to encourage you to, you know what church is? I think about this all the time. Church is actually, <coughs> excuse me, a greenhouse. <coughs> Just bear with me. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a greenhouse. <laughs> I'm banning popcorn from my life from now on. I was like, water's not cutting it. Do you have anything? Do you have like a stick? You know? <laughs> Banana. A banana. A banana. I'm all thrown off. I'm talking into the water bottle. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> Brad, if you can edit this podcast any way at possible, that'd be awesome. Um, we're going to put this under the Comedy Central, not the religion side of the podcast. When I think about church, I think popcorn should be banned, but I also think it should be a greenhouse. You know what is interesting is that when you go to the valley, you'll see places that actually have these huge greenhouses that actually grow things all year round. What they're saying is, listen, the seasons may say it's winter, but we're going to change the climate because atmosphere is everything. We're going to make something different so you can actually grow all year round. That's what churches are. I want to let you know, you might be in your workplace or your home or in the streets, and it's no hope. There's no faith. There's no joy. You're thinking, man, I don't care how good this gospel is. I seem like I can't get any traction in my life. That's why church is so important. It's not about checking a box going, I went to church. It's, this is a greenhouse. Things grow here. The atmosphere is right. Church is a greenhouse. It's climate change. And no matter the climate outside, you can grow stuff in a greenhouse. See, attitude determines altitude. Attitude determines altitude. In 1954, there was a man named Roger Bannister. Any runners in the place? Anybody that runs? Yeah. I run when I'm being chased. That's it. That's the only time I run, right? Roger Bannister was studying in medical school to be a neurologist. He was in England, and he was a part-time runner. He was passionate about running. What's amazing is at this point, no one had ever broken the four-minute mile to this point. No one had ever run faster than a four-minute mile. But Roger Bannister, on May 6, 1954, ran faster than four minutes in one mile. He ran three minutes and 59 seconds. He, it was a world record. It had never been done before. Fascinating. In the history of recording running, no one had ever broken a four-minute mile. Do you know that in 46 days later, someone else broke it? Do you know since then, 1,400 men have run faster than four-minute mile? Do you know the record is actually something like three minutes and 46 seconds? You know what's fascinating? Once it happened, people believed it was possible. Because attitude determines altitude. Once the attitude was, it's possible, within 46 days, another man broke it. There's a statistic like something like 20 men broke it in the next five months. Once one man broke through that ceiling, the rest goes, we thought it was impossible. But because our attitude has changed, that it's possible, now their attitude determined their altitude. Only you know sometimes that atmosphere is everything. And some of you don't believe God can change your life. Some of you don't believe in miracles. Some of you feel like, you know what, I believe in God. I just don't believe he's interested in me. I believe that he only deals with the big requests. 
but my marriage or my health or my kids or my finances or my mental state. You know what? God does stuff for others, but not for me. But some of you need a climate change. And when you get around people that's going, no, no, listen, God did it for me. I was a mess. If you knew my story, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, he did it for you? And you start to change your attitude, it'll start to affect your altitude. That's why we get in greenhouses called church and small groups. That's why we get around each other in coffee shops and invite these people into your home. Why? Because we understand that atmosphere is everything and you need a climate change. Some of you, it's your attitude today. You need to understand that God is good. He's for you. And see, what happened with the four-minute mile is what people experienced changed, so what people expected changed. That's why we tell our stories at church. You got to know my story. You got to know where I was. You got to know what I was like. You got to know what God did. God healed my daughter. God helped my life. God helped my parents. God stepped in. That's why you got a story. Your story is so important because it starts to change the attitude of those around you. Then it affects the altitude in their life. You start to realize, listen, what you experience changes what I expect. That's why these mornings are so important. You walk in here going, I'm in a season of hopelessness and fear and depression and just numbness, but I walk in here, it feels like hope wants to grow inside. Why? Because you're in a greenhouse today. Some of you need a climate change. You gotta change the room of your life before you can change the world that you live in. Change the room you're in. I was away this week and I was talking to someone and they said, what do you do when it's not easy? Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe some people are saying stuff. Maybe you just feel like you're not... I was like, you know what I do? I, I hadn't answered that question before. I'm like, I, I, I actually, I shrink my circle. I just shrink my circle to people that I enjoy, that I trust. You, you ever see the movies where they get in fights or maybe it's a shootout? Kids, maybe the Westerns or maybe cartoons and all of a sudden they get back to back. The, the, the Power Rangers, the, the, the different superheroes, they get back to back. Why? Because they know they can trust the person behind them. What I do is I shrink in. I'm like, hey, Matt, you want to go to a movie? Why? Because Matt's one of my guys, and I just want to go laugh. Or Travis, you want to go hang out? You want to go shoot pool? Or hey, you want to go grab wings? Or, and what, I shrink my circle. Why? Because I know I need to change the room sometimes before I can change the world. Before I can step on this stage, I need to make sure that I've changed the expectation in my heart. If I change my attitude, I affect my altitude. And if I can create a greenhouse, maybe I can help you. Climate change. Climate change. Some of you need a climate change today. It's interesting in Mark, it goes on in Mark chapter five, talking about Jesus raised his girl from the dead. And we have chapters and verses in the Bible, but when they wrote this, there was no chapters and verses. So the story goes on in chapter six, it just keeps going. It says, Jesus now left this girl that was now living. He left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth. That's where he was from, his hometown. Verse two. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue and people heard him, were amazed and asked, where did you get all this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed and he said, he's just the carpenter. He's just the plumber. He's just the mechanic. He's just the teacher. He's just the stay-at-home dad, stay-at-home mom. He's just, we know him. We play ball hockey with him. We, we grew up with him. We used to give him underducks in the playground. We know that kid. That's the kid, you know, that kid, you know. He never used skates to walk on water. That kid, you know, the weird kid. You know, that kid. We know him. Then they scoffed. Said, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, and Judas, and Simon. And his sisters, they live right down among us. We know this guy. And they were deeply offended. Oh, please don't miss this. It says, and they refused to believe in him. 
Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. I gotta stop there. The seed is perfect, he's powerful, he's God. He can do anything, but it says, it didn't say he didn't want to, it says he couldn't. Because of their unbelief, he couldn't. Why? Because atmosphere is everything. Some are like, I love God, I'm trying. If you're in the wrong atmosphere, you'll get the wrong product. You need a climate change. But because he's God, he's like, you know, I'll just raise a few dead, heal a few sick, because he's amazing, that's how good he is. Last verse, this is amazing, last verse. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Do you know you can be amazing at the wrong things? I never saw that before until I was studying this week. It says Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. I see Jesus with his disciples going, you see this? Like the word amazed is like, took him aback like, it wasn't Jesus was impressed. It wasn't Jesus was like, oh. It was actually, he's amazed, like, I just raised that girl. I just healed that man. I just, I just fed you all, thousands of you. And you don't think? I'm sure he pulled over Peter. Can you believe this? He's like, I know. Jesus is like, Father, this is unbelievable. He was amazed. Here's what I've realized. You can be amazing at the wrong things. Be amazing at the right things. Church, mom, dad, this week, kids, be amazing. Listen, it's okay to be amazing at Fortnite and Apex. I know what that is. Clash of Clans. It's okay to be amazing at golf. It's okay to be amazing at computers and music, speaking, avoiding popcorn. There's a lot of things you can be amazing at. But be amazing at climate change. Be amazing at protecting the atmosphere around you, saying, listen, I know that the atmosphere I permit determines the product I'll produce. Be amazing at the right things. Commit to amaze God with your expectancy. Expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Show up here. God, what are you gonna do today? Who are you gonna heal? Who's gonna get saved? Who's gonna get right with you? Who's gonna leave here with hope? Whose marriage is gonna be better? Walk in going, oh, I'm, I'm determined to amaze God with my faith. Go home, it's gonna be a great week Why God's with us. Amaze God with your expectancy. Church, be amazing. I don't wanna be a church that's amazing for our social media or our preaching or our lights or our music. I wanna amaze God with our faith, going, God, you are good and you can do anything. You can help our kids and our teenagers. You can help marriages. You can help our singleness. You can help our finances. You can do anything because you're God. And because in that atmosphere, God's like, oh, I can do some stuff in your life. God's like, oh, because of the faith in this room, because we had a climate change, I can help you and I can help you. I can help you. God's doing stuff in our lives. Commit to be amazing for the right things. In a moment, we're going to sing and we're actually going to open the altars up for some prayer today. We have a prayer team in a moment I'm going to invite we're gonna stand here and as we worship, if you want prayer for something, you're like, hey, I need God to do something in my life. I don't know what it is for you. It might be something really simple or maybe it's really big in your life. You're like, we have people that agree and believe and they're not paid wailers or mourners. They're actually people that are like, no, no, God did it for me and he can do it for you. 
If you wanna to join together, we're gonna to commit to believe for a climate change right now, that what you're going through, God can get you through. Come on, somebody. Before I do that, I wanna give you a chance today. If you say, Mike, I don't know Jesus. I came to church today. I've been coming for a while, but I don't know God. I know church, I know religion, but I don't know Jesus. The Bible says you can know Jesus. It says, who can be saved? Who, who can know they're right with God? Who can have God be with them? Who can, who can have God be a part of your life? It says, whoever believes in their heart, yeah, yeah, you can do it. Confesses with their mouth, say, yeah, I'm with him. I want Jesus in my life. It says a miracle happens and you're saved. He becomes the Lord of your life. With every head bowed just for a moment and every eye closed, you say, Mike, I want you to pray for me right now. On the count of three, I'm gonna get you to raise your hand and then put it right back down. And today we're gonna pray and believe that a miracle will happen today, that we're gonna change the room of your life. We're gonna have a climate change. You felt like you were alone. You felt like you didn't know God, you're far from God. But today we're gonna believe for a climate change in your life, that God will come into your life and the impossible will become possible. If that's you today on the count of three, I want you to just raise your hand, every head bowed. One, it's not everybody, but it's somebody. Today, this is your day. Two, we're about to have a climate change in your life. God is not gonna be far from you. He's gonna be close to you. He's gonna help you in all areas of your life as you give him control, if you give him your heart. Three, all over this place, just raise your hand up real high and put it right back down, right back down, right back down. Put it right, I see that hand, I see that hand. Put it right back down. What a dozen hands in this place, put them right back down. Can we all stand to our feet today, the whole church? We're gonna sing this song. We're gonna pray this prayer right now. If you put your hand up on the same card that we use for guests, there's a part on there that says, I'm giving my life to Christ. Fill that out, take it to the welcome wall. We have a special, even more special gift for you today. We wanna celebrate with you and give you something. But we're gonna pray, can we all pray together? Can we all repeat after me? Come on, repeat after me. If you prayed that prayer, this is for you. But we're going to do it with you. Because why? Because we're in this together. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I give you my heart. I give you my heart. I believe that you're God. I believe that you're God. I need your help in my life. I need your help in my life. I need a climate change. I need a climate change. I push out doubt. I push out doubt. I push out distance. I push out distance. And I welcome you into my life. And I welcome you into my life. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for going my own way. And from this day forward, from this day forward, lead me, lead me, help me, help. I give you my heart. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus. And everybody said, "Come on, give a round of applause today."